0: And the one, two, swinging a drive toward right center. Back goes Robert. Back near the stands. That ball is gone. A game winning home run for Chris Morrell. Can you believe it? Listen to this crowd. This is the Brotherly Cubs podcast, a new podcast that centers around two brothers, just two brothers, that love the Chicago Cubs. My name is Zach Flatten. I'm joined here by my brother, John Fladden. Um, John, tell us how long you've been a Cubs fan and what got you into the Cubs. Oh, man, I've been a Cubs fan since
1: the early days of Aramis Ramirez. And uh, no, even earlier than that, uh, Sammy Sosa and um, Jose Hernandez and
0: Rod Beck. So, I mean, ever since they were on WGN. Right. I've noticed uh, a ton of Cubs fans all over the U S and I think the common theme is WGN. Um, I've, I've been a fan since the, uh, 2003 playoff run. Um, again, big guys like Aramis Ramirez, Derek Lee was on the Marlins the first year I started watching the Cubs, uh, obviously Sammy Sosa. And then we all know about the, the big pitching, um, the trio and the rotation prior woods and Brono. guys like that. Um, but yeah, I'm glad for you to join me, and uh, hopefully we can keep this going during the offseason. It's exciting because the Cubs are not in the playoffs, so we don't have to stress about them losing or blowing a lead, or they've already done their meltdown, so we don't have to worry about them melting down anymore. Um, so let's segue into the offseason in preparation for the 2024 season. Uh First of all, I think this was a really good team. Um what did you think about the 2023 season as a whole? Um I thought it was great. I mean,
1: I thought, you know, you got a good glimpse into the future as far as what we can expect. Um new expectations were set. Um there's a clear understanding of where we need to go moving forward, I think. Um I'm I'm pleased. I mean, I obviously you want, you know, the way that it ended, we wanted to make the playoffs. Um, but as far as the future, I mean, as everybody keeps saying, the future looks bright. Yes, it does. (laughs) There's there's always
0: next year. (laughs) There's always next year. Uh, we say that too much, but yeah, I feel I do. I I concur with you. Good, sir. I think. think, Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think, um,
1: there's less of that vibe as far as pessimism goes and i think there's more of a an optimistic viewpoint i think you know going forward i think we have a solid team we have yeah there's um, there's no
0: Schwisdom. there's no frank schundell and patrick wisdom on the corners uh there's no ortega in center um yeah so i mean i guess we can agree there was a meltdown of sorts but an 83 win team that some projections had us at 78 wins uh that's definitely. I would say that that felt cold at the time, but I also um, tentatively thought, let's get to five hundred, and they sure did. They got to two above five hundred. Yeah, um, I think they did it the hard way, didn't they? We got we got a very um, slow start, coupled with some roller coaster runs, coupled with a really hot summer, and then ended with a very brisk fall. Um, I don't even I don't have in front of me how many wins they had, but they lost to the Rockies and the Pirates. Um, as well as the Brewers and Braves, uh, you know, at the end, they did not rest their team as much as we thought they would. Um,
1: Yeah, I think that was a
0: tough one, I think. Yeah, I think, like you just said, I mean, resting guys,
1: you know, when they need it. I mean, obviously, we had some Mondays off there and Thursdays that are, um, you know, they're rest days. But, you know, Swanson could have used some more rest days. That's a popular opinion, I think, with a lot of people, a lot of Cubs fans. Um, And, you know, he was kind of struggling down the stretch um Oof, you know, yes I he we, did <laughs> we've talked he about <laughs> yeah um so hopefully you know ross is able to kind of learn from that and um hopefully there's some chirping going on in his ear about you know ways that he can be better as a manager um if we do somehow retain him and keep him in the fold you yeah. Know, i mean he's under contract i think we talked about this too is like you know i've uh, you know not a big i'm not a big fan of david ross and he's made some mistakes um but i don't want to put it solely on him um but you know the mistakes that he's making just right. not helping um you talked about sorry i was just going to say real quick um steel justin Steele, i think is you know building up endurance and knows now what it takes to pitch um you know, I want to say he pitched a full season, right? I was he on the. I don't think he went on the injured list, did he?
0: Ah, uh, to my knowledge, you know, I don't, I don't think he. I think he skipped a start or two. Okay. Um. So he avoided the 15 day, mm-hmm. um, with some forearm tightness, which is a common, common injury for all pitchers. But for the Cubs mm-hmm. this year, that was a very, very common injury. Um. Yeah, and he recovered well. The bullpen did not recover, and we will, we will definitely get into that here. Um very, very shortly, it's on my list here of things to do. Um, actually, let's segue um, as much as we felt like the team stepped up. Uh, I want to talk about what can we do? What can not what can we do? God, I wish no. Um, wish I was getting paid millions of dollars to make these decisions. and yeah sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I would even be able to make them. but um theoretically, you know if we were in if we were in the GMs, uh, if we we're in the front office, uh, what would we do? To make this next 2024 cup season special, you know, we talked to we've talked before about being in that competitive um, competitive window of contention, right? So mm-hmm. having several years of control, players that are pre-arb or under good deals. If you look at Steele, I think he's might be getting paid five to six mil next year. Arbitration mm-hmm. guy. Um, so, with that being said. As much as this team is building through their prospects, uh, you know, uh, acquisitions, things they can do, um, I'd like to talk about some internal uh, improvements we can make in season to build a better team. So uh, one of the big failings of 2023 was the bullpen. And I, I do think that the resting of guys and not having a wide enough circle of trust. Um, Bleacher Nation has talked about in the, in the past before about, not only can you never have enough pitching, but also you, you're you going to need way more than you think. And you're going to need to throw tons of guys, not only at the rotation, but at the bullpen, um, guys are going to get hurt. And even the guys that we depended on like Fulmer and Alzelay, they got hurt lighter kind of lost a little bit of his swing and miss with the splitter, which is neutralizing pitch against lefties. They didn't even have any lefties hardly the whole season. In fact, they had Luke little come up who, um, they had some big New York rises Daniel Palencia, Luke Little, some of these guys were starting at single A, uh, high A South Bend. They made their way all the way up. They switched the bullpen from starting. And uh, I think that's a tremendous um, focus point of the front office as uh, director of pitching uh, assistant GM Craig Breslow is interviewing for the Red Sox GM position this week. Uh, Hopefully they don't lose a guy like him, but they do have Carter Hawkins as as the GM, which we never hear the very elusive Carter Hawkins. But that was his focus is to take this team and build into a pitching powerhouse. And so I think you're going to see guys like Ben Brown um, come up and potentially not even start. He might go in the bullpen. He's got great stuff. He throws 97, 98. He sits 95, 96. Uh, He's got a nasty downward looking uh, he doesn't throw a sweeper but he throws a nasty curveball he has a curveball <laughs> and a slider oh, uh, so god bless you um, mic fell off <laughs>
1: <laughs> and
0: you know there there's a lot of opportunity there we mentioned Palenzi and little there's guys like jose Quas, who they acquired but he's going to be he's got plenty of years of control and there's also brandon hughes and keegan thompson i'm of this list of internal options um that the cubs could Use next year to strengthen the bullpen within the circle of trust. I'm really looking at Brandon Hughes um, as a lefty that they need to give them some high leverage innings and give them some swing and miss. Are there any names that you want to highlight for next season that you think will be crucial or that you hope to improve next year in the bullpen? Um, I mean, obviously, you know,
1: you want those flamethrowers, you know, um, like uh, like a Jose Alvarado type of player um Ooh, a lefty you know, with a sinker that throws 98 <laughs> yeah he's got I love incredible that. stuff and palencia has got the stuff i know uh, you know we both talked about this a little bit it's just he has to control it um his control issues are you know a factor in him you know either making the team or not or you know honing his skills in triple a but i mean um you know there's also uh chirp- chirpings uh, is that a word chirpings <laughs> <laughs> About rumblings. Uh, rumblings, there you go. <laughs> about uh Brandon Morrow, um, possibly making a comeback. <laughs> the last I heard, uh, I heard something. Did you see that? I was like 100 where? feet. Where?
0: Yeah, he's thrown from 100 feet, was the joke is on that, Twitter. Is that what you said? I, mean? I love Cubs Twitter, man. Some of these guys are genius. I don't think he's thrown a pitch, I don't think he threw a pitch for the Cubs and the minors or anything since 2019, which we uh, really could have used him. I think that was that was the Kimbrel year we signed him we really needed him because of no morrow and man I would love Brian tomorrow to come back on a minor league. No <laughs> those days are uh, gone. I mean I those I, days uh, are gone. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing right now. He's just cashing in his IRA and hanging out and right drinking drinking Mai tais or drinking some some rum with uh mango or pineapple or some kind of uh simple yeah. syrup. Uh right
1: <laughs> something I mean who knows he might have a beard and you know just like uh you know, Ron Burgundy and, and yeah, he might and have and a thick like, pirate beard, you know, pirate beard. And he's just drinking away at Murphy's pub and yeah, you know, drinking away his terrible sorrows. look for him, <laughs> sorrows, sorrows, the sorrows of Morrow. <laughs> <Sorrows tomorrow. laughs> um, so I mean, other, I mean, you know, other than Palencia, um, you know, obviously, you'd like to see Keegan Thompson figure it out, he's got you know, pretty good stuff. Um, he's I on really my list. am encouraged. He's on
0: my list and he, I'll tell you what, he looked really good in 2022 as a, it's funny because Thompson had a similar look as both Al's and Steele. I remember writing some, some depth notes for starters. I think the last couple of years and those guys were on my list of seventh and eighth starters until Steele obviously rose to an ace. I mean, he got some, he's going to get some Cy Young votes this year as a potentially number three in the Cy Young. Uh, But yeah, Thompson, it seemed like for a while, he was going to be a starter when he converted the bullpen. I think he had an ERA in the twos compared to mm-hmm. the fours. Um, he got injured and fell apart this year, and he was in Iowa for quite some time. Didn't Didn't really have it. Um, I, I'm curious to see if they'll – I think the problem at the start of this year was he wasn't able to recover quickly enough to, after throwing one inning. Instead, they'd have him throw two to three innings, and he would then have to be down three days. So I'm I'm thinking the Cubs will have – a ton of long relief guys like Smiley, potentially Wesneski, potentially one of Wicks or Assad. If they make any other additions, there's going to be almost too many uh, depth guys. And I look, I look for Thompson if he wants to make a role in this pen. He's going to have to pitch late in the game. Um, we know he's got a little bit of a fastball, but he's going to need to channel that cutter, that curveball for swing and miss, and to pitch multiple days in a row, two, three days in a row. We obviously saw too much of Quas doing that, and so yeah. And again, Ross's circle he tends to use you a ton. Um, so right. guys like we've we've mentioned here, I think, can really take some of the sting off of the trio of Lighter, Meriwether, and Alzali uh, in the that seven eight nine. Uh, if you don't have to use those guys every single day. Speaking of which, Meriwether does have the gas that we talked about. Valencia um, yeah, does too. Birdie does too. Meriwether. Ray-
1: Really turned it around. I mean, I remember when he was first coming into the game, you know, for within those first couple a uh, couple months of the year, I was like, Oh, great, here we go. I think he had a rough April, maybe two or three outings where we didn't
0: like what he did, but he recovered fast. Um yeah, he's also he got electric stuff. I mean he does, and you know, he 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 didn't have a roller coaster season. I mean, I think he started poorly, but he he absolutely cleaned it up, get through a hundred. He has a nasty curveball. I think mm-hmm. he even has like a really good circle change, if I remember correctly. Um, he has a full arsenal for a reliever. He's got three good swing and miss pitches. And that's what the Cubs are going to need. If they can duplicate, Get an, and I'm not saying go out and get a reclamation guy, um, but as we think about who they can go out and get, talked about improvements, let's look at some free agents in the bullpen that they can go out and get swing and miss if Alzali is not the closer. I mean, I'm sure he will be, but... One option the Cubs could look to is Josh Hader. Lefty. Nasty stuff. Can wipe out left-handed batters. He throws a really good slider. Um, he's throws in the high 90s, 96, 97, 98. He would be a good closer. I'm sure he'd command over 20 mil, 20 M's. Mm-hmm. Um, a few other names here in terms of lefties. I've got Matt Moore at a 2.56 ERA. Uh Will Smith had a, he's pitching with the Rangers right now, although not as much during the playoffs. Uh, former Astros reliever was really good. This year he had a 4.4 ERA, hence why he's not being trusted into those late innings. Uh, it's much more so a role as Chapman and then the closer roles to Jose Le- Leclerc. Um, will Smith, I liked. I'm surprised he went to the Rangers. The Cubs did not look at him. I think mm-hmm. the Cubs will need to spend upwards of 10 to 15 mil on a uh on a, on a closer or a late-inning guy, if they really want to establish a strong back end, another guy would be Andrew Chafin. He didn't do as well this year. His ERA was in the high fours. Um, those are some lefties, some righties. Uh, Liam Hendricks on the 60-day, so he he recovered from cancer, but then he got injured at the end of the season. Uh, Craig Kimbrell pitching for the Phillies now in the NLCS. He had a 3.26 ERA. Uh, Joe Kelly had a four-even ERA. Uh, he did recover well with the Dodgers, and um, you know I think. Oh, I missed a lefty. Brent Brent Suter had a 3.380, I right? Kind of would like him on the lower end. I think some uh, spot track or spot track, however you say it, he he would be projected on the lower end of the salary. So I think he'd be a solid lefty. Another name I saw who was on the 60-day. I don't think he pitched this year, or if he did, he was on the 60-day most of the year. Was Blake Trinan from the Dodgers? He had nasty stuff. Good tunnel on the sinker and slider throws in the high 90s. He's got electric stuff. If he were to become healthy, I'd like the Cubs to take a look at him. I'm sure they'll do another reclamation project type dude. Um, but it is exciting to think about if they could get a couple of these guys. Um, you know, there there's there's a few different areas that they could go into and acquire guys this offseason, but the bullpen to me. At the front of the list, and that's why we're talking about him right now. Um, next on my list would be do the Cubs want to target a, a free agent starting pitcher? Do they want to go out? Do they make a trade with someone, or do they go out and get a free agent to slot into the number two role? Steele's probably our number one. We've heard some early projections that Stroman will opt in. He would be a number three, and Hendricks would be a number four if the club option is picked up. And then, of course, Tyone's a five, and there's lots of depth behind him. So the depth isn't the issue. It's the swing and miss, and it's the ace caliber potential. John, do we want to go out and grab ourselves uh, an expensive starting pitcher to pitch behind Steel?
1: Yeah, I think you have to. I mean, um, you know, I would say you need, what, maybe three in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, three legit starters um that you could throw I mean obviously like you said you know you can always use can't you can't ever have enough uh, great pitching um we're fortunate enough I think that our bullpen kind of going back to your previous point I mean you look at Josh Hader's era I think it was like 1.28 um over 60 plus games um just looking at his stats real quick because um I obviously don't have your notes in front of me to research (laughs) (laughs) what we were going to talk about today (laughs) But um, you know Hater would be great. I think he's, you know, obviously a bona fide closer. Um, with you know, no offense to Ed Alsley but um, he has his moments where he can kind of come off the hinges a little bit. He walks guys. Um, late in the season before he got injured, he was kind of starting to walk a little bit more. Um, so I mean, he has the stuff. His arsenal is is awesome. But like I said, I think. I think you maybe need um, a legit closer. Ad Bear could probably close if you know Hater's not available. Um, and then your bullpen is. I think he just needs to you know Ross just needs to trust a little bit more and um, and learn how to rest guys. I think a little bit better because I think the way that he was pitching his um, what was it um, lighter? I think lighter. I want to say. Merryweather have been they were pitching, I think, back to back to back. Like they were they weren't getting a a typical schedule of how they should rest. Right um a starting pitcher, I mean you have to look at who's available. I know Blake Snell is gonna be up there. Um Aaron Nola, we've talked about this before. Um you have your leftyans in, in steel. Um, you have a righty in Strowman as a three, possibly, like you said. I mean, um I think you need to go after someone like Nola or, or even Snell.
0: If you're, if you're the front office, what do you think the budget is for one, uh, the AAV average annual value for one of these pitchers? It's hard to say. I mean, uh, I've heard rum. I've heard. um, Chirpings.
1: Chirpings. (laughs) I've heard chirpings out there. (laughs) I've heard birdies chirping and uh, (laughs) what, what I hear is I can't remember who it was. If it was, um, I think it was Tony Andraki said that um, uh, the front office, he believes that the Cubs are the Cubs are going to be aggressive in, in terms of going over the luxury tax in order to um to put together a team that is, you know, pretty like ultra competitive. Uh, right. not that we aren't competitive right now, but you know, the starting pitchers it's gotta be one of them. Um, like you said, it depends on what we do with Hendricks. I mean you know and Strowman, Strowman, i would assume is
0: going to opt in and hey they could trade him if they if they get right. some other if they get freaking Cade horton up there and he's done yeah you know he's balling you could always trade yeah, you forgot, about,
1: yeah you forgot about yeah you forgot i mean there's wicks too i mean wicks is oh yeah i mean you got two lefties right there so you got wicks and you got steel Strowman, and Hendricks. but i think like i said i think it was Tony Andraki or somebody was saying um, you get He's probably going to opt in. Stroman would opt in. um, And then I think with the 10 to five rule or something like that with
0: um, Hendricks, you can't trade him. I yeah, have to look he, more into- It was, it was one of the things with Hayward when Hayward was in uh, mm-hmm. on that massive Cubs deal, they could not package him and eat some salary because he had a no trade clause. So yeah, it's like 10 years of uh, MLB service and five with the same team. Right. And so yeah, and and I'm not sure if the Cubs are. I, I have heard a, again, Bleacher Nation, huge, huge fan of the, huge friend of the pod. No, I I don't know shout him, it out, but <laughs> shout out Bleacher Nation. Follow they, us
1: if uh, if you like Bleacher <laughs> Nation, follow us. On,
0: on they mentioned X. Uh, yes, X. I'm going to still say Twitter just for my own yeah. sanity. Um, they've yeah. mentioned uh, potentially. Hey, what if Hendricks instead of one at sixteen or one at fifteen comes back at two for 20 something. And so you get the average value down. That would give you a little bit more room. I don't know how far they'll go into that 237, I think is the first threshold. There is a second threshold. It's another 20 mil above that at 257. I think the penalties get pretty severe above that, that second threshold. And so I bet if they do go above, um, you'd think they'll, they'll stay below the second one. So maybe they'll operate the 240s and that should give them close to 50 mil to work with. So maybe there is... Some money to spend on uh, Aaron Nola at thirty, uh, hopefully not thirty mil, but maybe he's going to command thirty mil. We'll see how he does, yeah. uh, and then LCS here, or Wait, or Snell, he might, uh, or Yamamoto, Japanese free yeah. agent pitcher. He's twenty five. He might go for thirty right. million. And so some of these guys, the again, the other thing with, um, I was going to say Hoyer, but with Ricketts, the thing with the ownership is they don't want to give out massive deals. They gave out a seven year deal to. Um, Jason Hayward. Uh, this ownership did. They also gave out a seven-year deal to Dansby Swanson. I think that's a better signing than Hayward. I don't know if they would give out a seven-year deal to, let's say, Nola or Snell, especially because they want to start developing their own pitching. But yeah, I agree. I think, uh, I think there there may be some opportunity to sign someone like Ed- Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, and and if the Cubs could convince Yamamoto to sign, even if it's a five, six, seven-year deal. If you can lock in a young pitcher to to pitch a top there with steel, that'd be incredible. And you always have depth behind them or the young guys coming up. If someone's injured, you can either throw throw them into the rotation. They can go to the bullpen or they can sit at Iowa for a short amount of time. But there's a lot of opportunities. And I I truly do believe that uh, in countries such as, no, um, (laughs) throwback to such as the Iraq. Yes, (laughs) Yes, a, <laughs> uh, pitchers that pitch in the country, such as the Iraq. Um, there, there's a lot of opportunity overseas in Japan uh, with, with finding some some young guys coming up. Uh, speaking of Japanese players, I do not think the Cubs will sign Shohei Otani, um, but I do think they need a bat, and yeah. so I want to ask you, um, what is more prudent for the Cubs this offseason? Should they take a, well, there's a few options. Do, do they take a stab at trading for Pete Alonzo? Do they take a stab at trading for Juan Soto? Or do they couple one of those moves with re-signing Bellinger? Or do you think the front office, first of all, Bellinger made about 20 mil this year. And I think he's projected to make over 30 or around 30 next year. So that's only an additional 10 mil in salary they have to eat for his contract. Um, the question is, how much will each Alonzo and Soto make when they re-sign them? That will into eat into their budget, um, depending on. Right. Although they will they will get some salary relief from Hendricks and Stroman in twenty twenty five. So that would save them about the forty mil that it would take to re sign one of Soto or Alonzo. Do you think the front office will make a trade for one of those big hitters? I do.
1: I i i just think there's too much um too much too much trippings going on that um <laughs> <you> know <laughs> with uh with Pete Alonzo. I mean you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, I feel like, um, it'll happen. I don't think it'll happen as quickly as, you know, maybe fans would want. It's probably going to happen around all-star break. I don't think, you know, I think, I think the Mets are going to wait until his value is a little bit more, you know, maybe he goes on a tear and, um, they're able to kind of, you know, work the Cubs against another few teams. The Cubs are in a great position to trade, um, and I know that, you know, the Mets, I'm sure, would like PCA back, even though they're not going to get him. Um <laughs> no, there's no but, way. I mean, yeah. There's no way in hell, yeah. Um but I think I think the Cubs will eventually wind up with Alonzo. I, I don't think it's gonna be I don't think it's gonna be early though. I think um they're gonna let Bellinger walk because they don't think you know, I think they wanna invest a little more in the starting rotation. Um I forgot about Tyone. We still got Tyone and we're on the hook for him. He's as on well, the books also. for
0: at least another couple of years here. If not, a a few three a yeah. four year deal. It was, I think it's a four year deal that we, that we signed him
1: last off season. So we'll see. Um, we'll see. I mean, maybe we can package him in a trade somewhere, but uh, he turned it around somewhat, you know, so I mean, as a fifth, fourth, fourth or fifth starter, he's not a bad option. Um, so just to but going back him. to your point, <laughs> I think, you know Soto might be, might be able to be had early, if that's where the Padres want to pivot. If that's where it's what that's what they decide, I think. You know, in order for them to make a dent as far as like a deep playoff run, they probably need to go get Soto, um, Soto and Alonso. Man, Um, that
0: would be a ton of prospects to give up. It would be
1: a ton of prospects. Um, I know I saw that as well on, uh, I don't know if it was Bleacher Nation or something, but someone had (laughs) this checklist of like all the things that they expected the Cubs to do. And it was like, um, you know, acquire Soto and acquire Alonso, which that's a lot of depth in your farm system, which you would probably be now put in the bottom 15 at least in the league as far as your farm system but you know you replenish that eventually and and um you know it's when you're ready to win you know like 2016 taught us then you're ready to win so i think we're right on the cusp i you know we'll see how 2024 goes but i think we're right there that we should make a move so yeah
0: um i just just for personal preference yes (laughs) over to me no, I know I, I what do... I was also going to say. No, actually, <laughs> <laughs> just, just each time. Hey, see. I, I do think that uh, I think the Bellinger route for me is more likely just because um, I, I've heard this number brought up a few times contact rate or strikeout rate. PCA was around a 30% strikeout rate at AAA. Um, small sample because I can't remember if that was his overall numbers or if that was AAA. He didn't spend actually a lot of time at AAA. They want to give him more time at triple-A, a little bit of the instincts. He's a good defender. Um, yeah. I don't think they want him to slap at the ball like Ichiro. I don't think they want him to be um, Tony Campana. And I know they want him to sw- to uh, slug, and he'll get some slug just from his speed, being able to turn a single to double, double to triple. PCA, I don't think will start the year at um, at Wrigley um, or in Arlington as uh, March 29th or the first game of the season. I do not think he'll break camp at the big leagues the big he league was, team yeah. he, um, he probably shouldn't know and and if and if he if he doesn't and they don't re-sign Bellinger, you're looking at Mike Talkman in center which isn't a disaster but that also um would be telling the the fans of this team that they don't want to compete right out of the gate and they saw what happened when they didn't start out strong I mean, april was fine may was a disaster and so when they started off poor they had to catch up and they did well in the second half but they they didn't make the playoffs because they didn't have an overall good record. They didn't start off good. So I truly think given these options, it's possible to me, they trade for either one of Alonzo or Soto. I don't really care. I just want one of them. Just like one of the shortstops this last off season, I just wanted right. one of them. Yeah. And I also want them to re-sign Bellinger because I think uh, maybe not on a seven or eight year deal. Um, and it may be risky. So that's a tough thing for sure. He has more variance, but I think he for sure. I mean, you're not giving up any prospects to retain him. He's a Boris guy, so is Soto. I'm not sure if Alonzo. I think he also is. All three of these guys are Boris clients. He's gonna spend more money. Yeah. Alonzo well, switched it this offseason. Yeah. To this Boris this Court. poses a tremendous risk for the Cubs. Swanson was not a Boris client. Um, Korea and one of the other ones was I can't remember if it was Turner. Um, but they got these big deals, they got many years. And so if the Cubs retain Bellinger, they'll have a starting center fielder. They'll have a backup option at first in case PCA does come up. And that allows some slotting to only find a position, someone to play third. Now, one of, and of course, if you get retained Bellinger, you trade for Alonzo. Now you have center and you have first, and you only have to cover third with, could be anybody. Morell could be or Candelario, me. could be Madrigal. There's lots of ways they could go. And so if they don't make any trades, they absolutely have to retain Bellinger. But if you were just retain Bellinger, and they can't make any of these trades. They're going to have to re-sign Jaime Rican And it looks like, John, you raised your hand. um, I didn't want to. That's that's, that's the spiel I've got for the offense, is they need to choose two of the three, I would say, is the number. Choose two of the three. You don't make any trades. You re-sign Bellinger. Then you're going to have to find another free agent. There's not that many in this class. You
1: have to, I was just going to say the reason I rose my hand was um, <laughs> don't forget about, you know, when we make these signings who you're blocking. Right. So we're right. also blocking Mervis, who I think that you can use kind him in already. a trade. You could also, yeah, you could also use him in a trade for uh, for Alonso and then
0: you could move um, Cody to um, to center you make this trade for Alonzo you're giving up Mervis you're giving up probably morell or Canario you're making yeah. this trade because you have the ability to do it now because there's seven outfielders that look good and right. two signed I mean hell maybe three signed if you get Bellinger you've got three outfielders down for the next three to four years extended and yeah. then what do you do with all the excess outfielders you can't you can DH right. one of them you can have one of them at first base um and maybe that's why they don't want to make a trade. There's two paths. It's either make the trade and deplete the farm system, like you said, be a top five, and go down to a top ten or top fifteen farm. The only ask I have of these trades is that they don't trade significant pitching. I don't want them to trade Ben Brown, right. or they might. I know they won't trade Cade Horton, but I'm nervous. No, I'm nervous of what. I'm not nervous what to give up of hitters. I'm nervous what to give up of pitching, because it yeah. has taken a long time for the Cubs to. to establish a pitching lab and establish good pitching in the minors and they don't want to give that up as much as they probably will need to to get a a solid uh hitter in this offense i agree um like you said i mean you know our pitching development
1: has been so poor the last what 10 years maybe even longer um so you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot You know, like I said, you have to see when you make these free agent signings as far as pitching, you know, how close is Cade Horton to being, you know, to the major league level? We don't know. We don't know how he's going to perform at AAA next year and then quickly make the jump. Or is he going to, um, you know, we don't know. So there's a lot of unknowns. You do know what you have in major league talent. um, So that's why you trade prospects, because you already know how they're going to perform. Right. So sometimes, that's fair. sometimes it's better to just make the trade and assume that, you know, maybe one of those prospects out of three are, are not going to make it. So, yeah,
0: that's, those are fair assessments, fair assessments as we head into this off season. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll meet again here soon to talk about any new developments for the Cubs. Maybe talk about the next world series matchup coming up here this weekend or this next week. Um, I think we're ready to sign off here. This has been the brotherly cubs podcast, our very first episode. And, uh, thank you, John, for joining me and we will see everyone next time. Peace.